Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. And as I promised you, we are having a guest today to talk NFL Draft. We're going to try to keep Wednesdays very draft-oriented up until and past the draft and analyze it afterwards, obviously. And this is a, an interesting one because we have John Owning with us. And John does a lot of scouting. But he's also my editor at fanragsports.com. So him and I email each other back and forth a hundred times a week. You know, what should we write about? What should we do? You turn in my article. But we've never really had a chat about football. So, John, it is great to have you. What's going on, man? It's great to be here, Matt. I'm super excited. You know, I love talking, especially edge rushers love talking drafts. So I'm just thankful that you let me come on. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, you specialize in edge rushers, right? I mean, that's what we're going to talk about. But is there a reason you want, you know more about them? Or is there, what, what's the background there? Well, I played defensive line in high school. Okay. But I played for a couple years before I had to get three knee surgeries throughout my high school career because I was really overweight. And it was just too big of a, too big of a weight to, for my knees. So I had to get knee surgeries. But then I started Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And that really started to make correlations between offense and defensive line play for me because I feel like the the relationship between the two um, opposing the two opponents in jiu-jitsu is very similar to the relationship between an offense and defensive lineman so just as I as I was scouting for you know watching for the NFL draft defensive line I started seeing more and more correlations and it started to really stick in my head and that's why I've just kind of shifted a lot of my focus towards that position because it just it just makes sense in my head. It just clicks. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't know that until just now when you mentioned it. Um, and my immediate thoughts are hand usage, punching, keeping your balance, um, pad level slash leverage. I mean, is that is that how you see it? Or you know, exactly. Okay, that's okay. how I see it. Okay, yeah, and I would think you know all the counter moves when your first one doesn't work and stringing moves together and things like that as edge pass rushers go. Exactly, exactly. Jiu-jitsu, a big thing they say is when you're attacking, you're not going to hit your first move ever. It's always the moves after that, the counter, the counter to the counter. And it's just that chess game that it just makes me so excited about jiu-jitsu. It's the same thing that makes me excited about watching line play. Wow, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I would think that, you know, especially when you get to the big leagues, these guys that are just one-trick ponies, just the speed rushers or the power rushers, they don't make it, you know. I mean, when you're going against Joe Thomas, it's a heck of a lot different than going against TCU's left tackle. Exactly. Cool. Okay, well, let's start at the top here. Uh, I just want to mention a few names. Miles Garrett, is it yes or no? It's safe to say he's your best guy? Yeah, easy. You know, he's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the length. He looks exactly how you want a defensive end to look. He's young. He's only tw- going to be 21 when he starts his rookie season. He comes. He has the get off. He has the bend. He has the hand usage. He know he understands body positioning in the run game. He is obviously not a finished product. Now he still has a long way to go technically, but everything you want is what he has. He's the perfect type of 
ball of clay to mold to what you want. Okay. Whether it be three, four, four, three defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever you want, he can do. He's just a special player. Instead of comparing him to the other edge players in this draft, how does he stack up against Jadavian Clowney when it, he came out, or Khalil Mack, or Mario Williams, or Julius Peppers? I'm just thinking off the top of my head, guys that went in the top of the draft that were edge players. Is he every bit the prospect those guys were? I think he is. I think in in um, comparison with uh, Jadavian Clowney, Garrett is has a, is a lot more of a bendy, flexible player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clowney was a special player, but he was more of a power rusher, rushed through the offensive lineman, you know, use his length, use his power, use his strength. Still is. Past. I think people yeah, don't realize he's not Von Miller. Exactly, exactly. He's not that type that's going to put his hand on the ground from the, the nine technique and bend and contort and reduce his surface area across the edge. You know, that's the type of guy that Miles Garrett can be. He's can be that kind of really flexible, kind of like a Julius Peppers type who can do everything. He has the flexibility to bend around the edge, and he also has the, the quickness to dart inside, the strength to be able to do a push-pull, you know, all that different types of things. Okay. Uh, a guy that's coming on strong, at least in the public eye, I'm sure the scouts have been all over him for a long time, a little shorter, a little heavier, had a massive bowl game for Stanford, is Solomon Thomas. What are your thoughts on him? I love watching Solomon Thomas play. And the fact that he was only a redshirt sophomore really blows my mind how wow, yeah. technically proficient he is with his hands. You never, you rarely ever see his hands out of out of position. He's always firing first. He's always getting that inside placement. He control and he dictates the action. That's a big thing that I think college defensive linemen don't do as much as NFL defensive linemen. Is they don't dictate the action. And Solomon Thomas really knows how to dictate where the he can really you know reset the line of scrimmage back against the run or he can use it to quickly win um as a pass rusher and you know he's just one of those type of guys he's an interesting uh evaluation because he he's not exactly that bendy defensive end that normally people see that weak side defensive end he's more of a strong side defensive end type who who can reduce down the nickel reduce down the um, under tackle and nickel situations to me does he have some Michael Bennett tendencies? Yes, that is a guy who makes a lot of sense. Okay, okay. I mean, not six six and long, but he's really powerful and you know good leverage player. And like you mentioned, um, he. So you're saying he's more proactive than reactive? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, player at Michigan, Taco Charlton. He seems like, you know, the the size weight guy that everyone's looking for, the 6'5", 270 neighborhood. Uh, what do you know about him? Uh, Taco, he's a he's an interesting evaluation for me because I'm not as high on him as a lot of other people are. A lot of people see him as like a maybe even a top 10, top 20 type guy, but he's the type of guy that I wouldn't touch into the second round. He's just not polished enough with his hands for me right now. He's got a good spin move and everything, but he just doesn't – he doesn't – position his hands correctly in the run game enough he doesn't put his body in the right positions he doesn't play with their best pad level and i don't think he has that real good burst that when he gets the edge to bend and flatten to the quarterback you know you know that second burst that a player needs to beat the offensive lineman to that closing speed to get to the qb i don't think he has that so i think he's going to be missing on a lot of sack opportunities in the nfl okay i don't think he has the flexibility that a lot of other defensive ends in this class have Obviously, he's a good prospect, and maybe last year he could have went a lot higher, but in a stack of a class as this is, I think 
he would be better relegated to like a second round type of player. Do you think he'll just be an okay tester at the combine in terms of uh, change of direction and those type of things? You know, all, all the uh, the shuttles and in those type of drills. Yes, I think so. I think he should do really well in the explosive ones, like the broad and the vert, straight ahead but, stuff. Uh, yeah, I think he he might struggle a little bit on the three cone on that short shuttle. I hear you. Okay. Uh, Derek Barnett from Tennessee. What's your thoughts on this dude? Derek Barnett, he's an interesting guy too because he's another guy. He has a base left defensive end. And in college, he really was a a two-trick pony, really a one-trick pony. He would always – he's always trying to run and bend around the edge. He's always trying to speed rush. He's always trying to use his – he has great flexibility in his hips and his ankles to create steep um, angles as he's – as he's cornering, as he's flattening towards the quarterback. But I don't know if he has the burst to get there against a, an NFL offensive tackle. Mm. I don't know if he's going to be able to really threaten an offensive tackle outside, really threaten it enough for them to really have to worry about it as much. He's not, he doesn't have the proficiency with his hands rushing the passer. He doesn't have the pass rush repertoire that you would like to see. But I think he could be a. Uh, you know, one of those type of guys that could be like a complimentary pass rusher on a defensive line who plays very well against the run. Oh, okay. So, so he's more of a number two. He's like the Alvin Harper to the Michael Irvin type, you think? Exactly. Okay, okay. How about Charles Harris from Missouri or Carl Lawson from Auburn? Do you see the one of them as number ones? Oh, um, we'll get to Carl Lawson in a minute because I have a draft crush on him. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> With Charles Harris, he's another guy kind of like Derek Barnett, who's kind of a one or two trick pony. Um, Charles Harris might have the best get off in this entire class. He does a great job of timing snap counts and his first step out is perfect. He's always staying with good pad level and he really get he really elongates that step, that uh, pass rush step in uh, third down situations. So it puts him in really good positions to get the corner. And he has probably the best spin move, counter spin move in the class. He does a really good job of threatening that outside run, that outside speed rush, and then spinning back inside. So it's great to see somebody that already comes in with a bona fide number one and a counter off of that. So that's great for him and for projecting him to the NFL. You're you're with me, and you think that's kind of rare at this point, right? Yeah, a pitcher with a fastball and a curveball. Exactly. And then Carl Lawson, I I just I love him. He's my number. Right now, he's in my top three defensive ends, and I just love the way he uses his hands. It is he is almost like trying to grab a uh, a bar of soap in the in the shower. He's hard to get a hand get your hands on. He does such good of he does such a good job of clearing his hand clearing the opponent's hands with. He loves to do a two hand swipe. <clears throat> he sets up his rush as well with a uh, with with a myriad of like stutter steps. You know, he elongates his foot frequency. He'll shorten his foot frequency on his way to the. Offensive tackle to keep him guessing. And he does a really good job of setting up his opponent. He's the type of guy you'll see him set up a speed rush two or three times just to open up that inside move to get to the quarterback. And, you know, with him, it's always gonna you're always going to wonder about the injuries because he's dealt with a myriad of, I think, hip. He had a hip, really bad hip injury, and then he tore his ACL in, I think, 2014. So those are questions that need to be answered at the Combine. But from just a playing perspective, there's not much more you can want from a player with uh, Carl Lawson's measurables. So you said he was third on your list. I assume Garrett is one. Who's two? Number two, it's a it's a mix. I really like probably right now 
it's probably Tim Williams from Alabama, just okay. based on, on the field. You know, off the field, there's going to be a ton of things probably coming out about his character issues that he's had to deal with at Alabama. But, I mean, just like he's basically a similar player to Tim Williams, but I think he's just a little bit better of an athlete. He's got a little bit better of a get-off, a little bit better closing speed, a little bit more flexible, but he's got the same good hands. He can – he has surprisingly good power for a guy his size. He really understands leverage and how to get up under the pan, under the pads and with an offensive tackle and uncoil his hips and walk him back into the quarterback. He's just Tim Williams is really a special player. If you were asking me today who I if it was third and eight in the Super Bowl and I needed one right. passion from this draft class to get after it, I'd probably choose Tim Williams even over Miles Garrett for wow. today. Do you think he's, I mean, I mentioned Von Miller before. Do you think he's the closest thing in terms of get-off speed, bendiness, you know, that this draft class will show us? Totally. Okay. He's definitely, he's got that same flexibility, not the same flexibility because Von Miller's a freak, but sure. he's got that similar type of flexibility. He's got that, that similar, uh, thing that people don't give Von Miller credit for is he's got a, he's got quite a bit of punt, uh, jolt in his hands. You know, he can put a, offensive tackle on their heels if they're trying to set up if they're setting up for the speed move so tim williams is the same way you can be thinking like oh he's gonna beat me to the outside and beat me to the outside then he's gonna put his hands in between your chest and walk you and put you on your butt on your on his way to the quarterback okay okay uh two guys i got a lot more familiar with this past week via the senior bowl just watching the all the coverage smaller guys from ohio close by here terrell basham from ohio and Derek Rivers from Youngstown State. Do you, do you know much about these guys? I'm a big, big fan of Derek Rivers. I think he's a type of guy who's going to be, he's just going to be a, a consistent riser um, throughout the process. I talked to him down in Mobile. He's just a good kid. He know he understands what he needs to do, how he needs to um, improve. And he's <clears throat> the thing that surprises me about him most playing at Youngstown State is how proficient he is against the run. In the Senior Bowl, he was easily the best um, edge defender against the run, and it's surprising because of how small he is. He doesn't have the biggest measurements. He's still his legs are kind of like toothpicks. He really needs to develop more lower body strength. But from a hand positioning, body positioning, leverage standpoint, he really knew how to set the edge. And rushing the passer, he's just he's got that get off. He's got a special special get off, and nobody in Division Two or whatever division he was in at Youngstown State, yeah. they could handle it. He would get that edge on, against them, and he would just flatten to the quarterback over and over and over and over and over again. It was really special to see that in college, and it was good to see him transfer that to the Senior Bowl against a little – the tackle class wasn't that great at the Senior Bowl, but it was great to see him still be able to win against high-quality competition. So his get-off wasn't special for Youngstown State. It's special for draft prospects, period. Yes, yes. He's the type of guy that if you, you put his – get off against anybody it's gonna it's gonna stack up obviously i don't think it's the best in this class as i think that's probably like a charles harris or a tim williams but he's up there yeah. he has to be top three top four just on a pure get off so there's a lot to work with there yes um what about basham did we talk about basham no oh yeah, basham. yeah. He was, I, he's an interesting player you know he's not the he's not going to be your number one or maybe even a number two pass rusher but he's the type of guy that'll be a solid complimentary guy to come in you know give your guys a breath type of thing maybe he'll develop but i just don't see the the athletic and the um technical ability to become anything more than just a complimentary guy okay 
I knew a little about Jordan Willis from Kansas State before the Senior Bowl, just that he was highly productive and I was excited to watch him. And then during practices, I'm watching him thinking, he's not that athletic. I mean, he's kind of stiff. And then the game, he produces again. You know, what do you know about him? He's the type of guy that um, I just I, – I don't see it with him. You know, the if you watch against in those senior bowls where – the senior bowl where he was pr- productive, on his sack he had, the quarterback was just drifting so far back on that screen that Willis literally ran a straight line and just hit him. He didn't use, like, very much of a pass rush. He just ran in a straight line and just so happened to be where the quarterback was. In practices, you really got to see how – how immobile his hips are. He doesn't have that ability to when he gets to the edge to be able to flip those hips corner and flatten to the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's the type of guy that he's going to win with um he's going to win with hustle and motor and a and a and decent straight line athletic qualities in my opinion. It seems like a guy like that, you know, is a perfect example of one that gets exposed at the next level. You know, like you kind of hit your ceiling as yeah, I'm good in the Big 12, but when I'm in the AFC East, no. Exactly. And, you know, people are going to point to him that he's a good player because he's going to make those mo- those motor plays. He's never his, never his motor never runs cold. So he's always going to be around, and he's going to constantly fight, and he's going to get a lot of cleanup sex in the NFL. But as with anything, context matters, and he's not going to be that one-on-one butt kicker that everybody wants off the edge that that you would think from a guy who what got 19 sacks in his last year in college right right wow um a a guy from the senior bowl who made all kinds of waves that i hadn't heard of until then absolutely body beautiful what you look for from villanova i'll probably say it wrong tannic uh passignon i think is how you say it but i'm probably wrong on that Six seven two eighty, you know, past the, you know, he was a star of the way in. I heard Mayock comparing him to uh, Dunlap from the the Bengals. I'm sure there's some Calais Campbell references in there. But what do you think? It's interesting that you mentioned that because Kyle Krabs just uh, published uh, his formal draft assessment of Tano on FanRag Sports, so I encourage everybody to check that out. But my opinion on Tano is that you know. He's got he's as you said he's body beautiful he's got great length he's got great athleticism but just like Jordan Willis he's very uh, he's very uh, stiff in his hips he's not gonna do well in anything that causes him to change direction that's why he has so much trouble tackling in space I think as we saw a lot in the in the um, senior bowl practices but he's the type of guy that he'll win inside if you give it to him every single time I think he's gonna be more of a a five technique guy the guy that uses his length to create that space, you know, two gap, play each side, and then um, disengage and make the tackle. I don't see very much pure pass rush um, upside besides for unless he becomes way more proficient with his hands. He's still very young in this game, and the fact that he doesn't have that flexibility to really threaten the outside, he's going to have to become extremely technically proficient with his hands, kind of like a Calais Campbell is, I would say, if he wants to be uh, successful in the NFL. But not nearly as powerful or special as Campbell, in my opinion, right? Not nearly there. That's something he's definitely going to have to work on in the NFL is really bulking up. He's another guy who's really thin in the lower half. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's pretty from the waist up and long arms and all those things, but I didn't see a lot of bubble or sand in his pants. Exactly. There's probably going to – I would guess there's going to be a lot of defensive line coaches that are going to be banging the table to try to get him in the meeting – get him in the room so that they can get their hands on him and try to develop him. 
but what when do you take that kind of a guy you know what i'm saying when is that worth it right you know like margus hunt from the bengals too yeah he tested well when he was big and pretty and What's your, I mean, now he just kind of blocks kicks once in a while. You know, like it takes a long time to, you know, to, right. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So, mm-hmm. John, tell everyone where they can find you and are we missing anybody? Is there a, a, another edge guy we need to talk about? The only one that I think we've missed is uh, Talk McKinley from UCLA. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a guy that's gotten a lot of, a lot of talk lately. And I like him a bit, but he has he's not the polished product that people will make you think he is. He's obviously a very good athlete, you know. He looks he has the body, he has the athleticism. But there he has a really pro, he has a really big problem with his pad level. And one thing he does that really annoys me a lot is when he's running through like the running the arc, his hands are by his waist. They're not up wow. ready to punch, ready to stab, ready to throw a move. So You'll see a lot of times a uh, offensive tackle will get their hands on him first, and he'll be just a half a second late with his pass rush move. And I don't, I don't know how fixable that is, but I can see the problem and that it could harm him in the NFL. But I, it's just, I'm still early, so I don't know how I'm gonna weigh that against you know all of his athletic traits, how powerful his hands can be when he times it correctly, his hand placement in the in the run game and stuff. So he's a guy that I'm kind of confused about right now. I still need to go back to the tape and watch a lot more of. Okay. And, and I need to, obviously haven't done as much research on him as you have, but I would think that's correctable. You know, if I'm a yeah. if I'm a position coach in the league, I would say, I can teach that guy how to do that better. Um, unless he can't. I mean, unless the guy doesn't take the coaching and doesn't ever fix it. Exactly. A lot, a lot of things with these players that we don't get to look upon that matters a lot is how coachable they are, you know? Right, right. How do they respond to NFL coaching? Some players rise to the occasion and some players don't. And that's something that us on the outside, as you probably know because you've worked with the team, that we will never, ever find out. But the teams have a better understanding of when they bring them in. And that's a huge advantage, just going back to the Senior Bowl, of being able to actually spend time with those kids, you know, the Bears and the Browns, and eat lunch with them, be in the team meeting room, see how they progress from Monday to Saturday uh, you know, boy, he's coachable. I mean, yeah, it, sure, it was a small sample, but if you give me all spring tra- or all uh, training camp, I can turn this guy really into something. Exactly. It's like a guy with like Josh Reynolds. I know he's a different position, like wide receiver, though. You saw him taking in the coaching throughout the week, and he employed it in the game. So it's some that's really good to see. That's a really positive trait to have in your back pocket. Absolutely. Well, John, what, what is your Twitter handle, and where can everybody find you? This was great. Maybe we'll get you back on before the draft, talk something, talk a little bit more. Maybe we can dig deeper into the, uh, you know, day three edge rushers. I would love to. You can find me on Twitter at John Owning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G, and you can find all my work at fanrexsports.com. There's some good writers over there from what I hear. I know they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I, I couldn't be happier with the group that I'm in. I love it's really special because I get paid to read people's work that I would already read in the first place. You know, I'm just living the dream. Hey, I, I hear you, dude. I haven't worked in a long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hey, this is great. Thanks so much for coming on. Everybody check out the rest of the Locked On uh, Network. I am Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. And Thursday and Friday, we are going to talk Super Bowl. So it's right around the corner. The season is just about here. Thanks again, John. Thank you.
Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17